I want to uh, read to you just um, um, uh, three verses from Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, where we read, Solomon says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy, thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and the fool's voice is known by multitude of words. Amen. Let us just briefly pray. Heavenly Father, we give thee thank for thy word, and we praise thee, O God, that it is true. We pray that thou wilt write it upon our hearts and impress it upon us in such a way that we would not sin against thee. Help, O Lord, in our time of prayer, we ask, and may we seek thee with all our hearts, in sincerity and in truth. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Dear friends, I want to speak to you about something which um, has been a great challenge to me, and I want to um, speak to you. Uh, to some, it may be seen as a word of rebuke, um, but it is certainly a word of challenge because in our prayers, we want to glorify God. And so we need to keep bringing ourselves to the scriptures uh, so that we might uh, be um, better in our approach before God. Uh, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy and to the churches um, in 1 Timothy 3, uh, that we ought to know from the scriptures how we must behave ourselves in our gatherings. And, um, um, and, and he says this, he says, but, but if I tarry long, uh, he says that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself. Um, the scripture speaks to us about how we should behave in all kinds of ways. Uh, there needs to be uh, an order, there needs to be a method, there needs to be a plan that we ought to uh, carefully think as we come before the Lord and as we gather together. Yes, this is um, kind of uh, what I would see as a family of God gathering together. We, we wouldn't see ourselves as a church, as it were, an ordered church, an ordered assembly, in the sense that when we go to worship God uh, with the Lord's people, wherever you are a member of a church, I trust that you are. But, uh, but we come together in a familial manner. And uh, there, is a, there could be a tendency, there could be an attitude that uh, since we, are, um, we have got to know each other um, over, over the course of these many, many months now, um, that there, there might be a tendency at times to approach the Lord in, a, in the same manner and forget that actually we are approaching God. Uh, the apostle says, let, let all things be done decently and in order. And both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it tells uh, God's people that we must be careful uh, 
to worship God reverently and orderly and thoughtfully according to his word. Remember, uh, Isaiah speaks about the, the glorious seraphims and how they uh, they're in that state of holiness that they are in. They are not fallen angels, but they are uh, th th that glorious shining angels. And what are they doing? They're covering their faces and they are covering their feet and they are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And if they approach God in such a way and are worshiping God in such a way, how much should we uh, redeemed of the Lord, yet we are in this uh, body of sinful flesh? How should we approach God and remember who he, he is, dear friends? And, and so um, I, I would encourage you from these words in Ecclesiastes 5 to think carefully about who you are approaching. Um, and when we think about this, <clears throat> for New Testament believers who are accustomed to the warm and inviting words of the Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us that we may begin our prayers with our Father, which art in heaven. Maybe these words of Ecclesiastes have a, a sort of a strangely foreboding and different tone. Um, their conditions for coming before God sounds awfully strenuous and unwelcoming, where it says in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 1, keep thy foot, Solomon says, keep thy foot. That means guard your steps. Uh, he goes on sp speaking about your tongue and he says, watch the rash mouth. Uh, don't be hasty in, in heart to utter a word before God. Let your words be few. Um, it, it speaks about the fact that it is a fool who has many words. And uh, oftentimes it is that we, we talk about uh, being um, brief and direct in our approach to God. Uh, but remember these words, a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. And uh, all because, as verse 2 puts it, God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. God is in heaven. Remember who you are approaching, the God of heaven. And yes, we are privileged to approach him. We, we, prayer is like an opening of the window into eternity. But remember, you're still on earth with, with clay feet, with sinful hearts still. Um, and there's a difference. Uh, there's a different view on our heavenly father here in our Lord's prayer. Uh, his identity as our heavenly father, it seems like a, a, like a welcome, and it is. By the Spirit's help, we call, call him Abba, Father. But here, as you read Ecclesiastes, it sounds like a barrier. So how are we to take Solomon's words? Uh, and so the opening exhortation here, he says, keep thy foot in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 1. Keep thy foot, guard thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. That sets the tone. Um, but it's not as if he's, he's trying to say, walk quietly and speak very quietly before God. Uh, oftentimes in our own congregation, I say to the people, how can I say amen if I can't hear you? And uh, I don't know about your congregations, but it seems that our people fill their, uh, the, the, the chapel um, from the back. The back seats gets filled first. And uh, I say, if you're too far back, 
I can't hear you. And um, the, the uh, Solomon is not saying, you know, just keep quiet, but be very quiet when you approach. Um, but this has to do with what we call your walk in the New Testament. It is, it is your way of life, the way you live and worship. Be reverent before God, he says. So this verse, verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 5, it, is, it means to, to come as a person with reverence. And nothing in the New Testament tells us about the sweetness of our relationship with God as Father. Um, and that would lead us to, to think that irreverence is allowable. Um, of course not. Uh, remember, uh, the scripture talks about the, the, the Father in heaven. So there is no real clash with New Testament teaching here. But quickly, the, the, the characteristic of men that Solomon shows us linked to the irreverence he urges against um, is, is too much talk. A lot of talk without thinking is a mark of an unthinking person, isn't it? Someone who is flippant. And at times uh, we become very foolish before God and we, we say things flippantly and we laugh and we, uh, and, and we forget that actually we are approaching the most holy person and uh, the devil is fearful of him. And um, the angels who have not fallen, they cover their faces. And um, so irreverence, if it's anything, is certainly not thinking, not being mindful of the great and grave truths that we know. For instance, it would come as no surprise that James's exhortation in chapter one of his letter to be this. In, in verse 15, he says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, quick to hear, slow to speak, he says, slow to speak slow to wrath. And this would be applicable to worship as well as the rest of life. And if that makes sense in our relationships with people, it's talking about relationships with people, it certainly makes sense in our relationship to God when we, uh, when we come to pray to him and worship him. We should always be good listeners and thoughtful speakers and thoughtful prayers. Um, and so take that outlook uh, to, to your prayers. Um, and when you gather together with the Lord's people, remember you're not going to simply, uh, fellowship is not the first thing. Chatting with one another and having time with your friends and loved ones is not the main thing. We are going to appear before the most holy God. And um, the psalmist says in Psalm 89 and verse 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Or Hebrews, in Hebrews 12, the apostle Paul says in uh, verse 28, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. And then he says, with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. He's speaking to the believers. So, dear friends, the, the kings and the rulers and the important people in this world are but a faint type of the heavenly king. And to be reverent doesn't require that we are a people who, uh, who don't say much or who offer up exceedingly short prayers because we live in a, 
dread of saying the wrong things. We are not talking about that. But it wouldn't be a bad thing at all, would it, if people were to put more thought into their prayers and think more about who they are approaching uh, and, and even to, to pause and to ponder. How exactly do I want to pre present this request to God? It's a good thing to do that. Am I trying to satisfy myself and please my own desires? Am I just trying to make up words before the Lord or before the Lord's people? Remember what James tells us in James chapter 4 and verse 3. It tells us that God doesn't hear such prayers. He says, ye ask. So you're praying, he says. You're asking the Lord things. But, and receive not. And then he says, the reason why is because ye ask amiss. That ye may consume it upon your lusts, he says. And something else to think about uh, and ask ourselves the question, am I thinking about whether this prayer is according to the will of God? Have I given it much thought or am I just blurting things out? Is there any, uh, anything pertinent, relevant to what I am praying about that would make me believe that God has an intention or interest in entering uh, this prayer positively? Am I praying with faith? in this? Am I praying with expectation in this? If it is, and if you are praying great things from God, then I should approach it with great expectations and, and reverence before the Lord. Am, am I coming with my own deservings and merits in mind, rather with a conscious realization that my, my praying is accepted and acceptable through Christ only and is only received in his name. Another thing to think about, have I come loaded with a sort of a gimme list? Uh, give me this and give me that or, or things that I want from God without hardly a thought about his due praises for all his past blessings and favors. Have I come with scarcely a, a, a moment's thought or reflection upon my own sins and asking for his forgiveness and grace so that so that I can behave in his presence not as a creature calling on him to do my will but as one who is called to do his will it's also possible that these opening words of Ecclesiastes 5 were just Solomon's way of urging his readers like us against the habit of needless and vain repetitions or uh, empty phrases. Our Lord Je Jesus speaks about this and brings up this matter in Matthew 6 and verse 7. He says, don't be like the heathen. He says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So may our united voices not come before heaven as a fool's voice, as it says here, but rather as the voice of his growingly trained children who come before our heavenly father with joy, with expectation, with reverence as one who have learned and are still learning to guard our tongues with wisdom and realizing we are approaching the most high God, our father in heaven, our creator and our sustainer. So let us have a high and holy view of the triune God and, and reverence him by trusting in him and praying in faith 
speaking to your heavenly father in love, looking unto Jesus and on his merit with expectation. Amen.